Thank you. Thank you so much, Steve. Good evening, everyone. Wow. I'll try again. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we're African. We like a little bit of noise, so that keeps us going. So thank you for coming out tonight. It's just so good to see you all, and we can spend a moment just worshiping and uh, trusting God together. Um, for those of you who are here in the morning, uh, obviously, it's just great to see Lola, Lawrence and uh, Rochelle in the house. He's already been here to uh, stir us up in faith. They're great friends of ours, been to Zambia, and we just love seeing seeing lives changed and raise the next generation of leaders. So it's good to see you, uh, Lawrence and Rochelle, uh, tonight. And he, he leaked my message, didn't he? He wasn't in the service this morning, but he caught it the same verse. Did you notice that? He doesn't know that, that that's, and we are in the same one. So just great when God confirms stuff. So what are we going to do tonight? Um, we will uh, have a bit of exhortation. Uh, so when I say bit, you, you know me by now. It could be a bit or it could be a bit. So we'll see how that goes. But my intention is really to give time to the Spirit that we together can just step in into something that God already started doing early on this evening. Um, in particular, I think that the, what we're going to share tonight on the second part of that verse that we looked at this morning, which uh, Lawrence got to just now, um, is stepping out into that because it's a very practical subject. There are certain things in Scripture which are so practical, which sometimes as church all over the world, including in Africa, we make them theoretical when they were supposed to be practical. Yeah? Uh, some verses are like, they're like lunch. I call them lunch hour verses, meaning uh, at lunch uh, we don't theorize, I have a theology of eating, or all that. No, we don't. It's lunchtime. We just eat. Yeah? Uh, how, about, how about that? If the, if the lady of the house came and started preaching about eating when we just supposed to be eating. So there are some things in the Bible that are given so that we just walk in faith in them and just step out in them. And so that's what we're going to do uh, in a small. So Lily will come later to just um, help us to pray through some of those practical things. But the last part of that, we're going to pray for a bit of impartation. I like that word, impartation, because there is certain things that as we are together as a body, the Lord impacts or puts on on people. Uh, it, it will surprise you when I say I'm, I'm in my family. Like my mom is late. She passed on when I was... Uh, at my at university, uh, but uh, if if you had to ask her what kind of child I was, I should have been the last person in the whole world to ever think I would ever stand before people like this and preach. I am the shyest person in our family. I'm sure you believe that, <laughs> but you know something happened through impartation, that, that just transformed me and to enable me walk into what God had for me. So uh, I do believe there are some of us tonight that you know God has called you to something, but 
sometimes you come to that moment where there is an impartation, a release uh, into that. Amen. Yeah, so we'll do a little bit of that at the end. So come back to where we were this morning, which is Acts 10, 38. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. How many were in the service this morning? Just to, from Crowley? Great. So quite a few were not. If you're not in the service this morning, quite a few. It's almost like 60, 40%, I put it. 40% new. So we're not going to go through what we went through this morning because we don't have time. But all I would do is we were on point number three uh, in terms of um, a life of impact from the life of Jesus. And we talked about two things. But let's read scripture first for the sake of those who are not here this morning. Uh, from the book of Acts, chapter 10, reading from verse 38. But let me start th from verse 37 for the sake of context. That, are you there? Let me read it in the KJV, King James Version. That word I say you know, which was published throughout all Judea and beginning and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How Jesus, how, sorry, how God anointed who? Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all. Somebody say all. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. And we are witnesses of this, says Peter, he continues, of all the things which he did, which he did. Jesus spoke, but he also did some stuff. This stuff, and we are witnesses both of what he spoke and what he did. Uh, in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. And him God raised on the third day and showed him openly. And we saw him openly. Amen. So this morning, uh, we looked at um, a life of impact from the life of Jesus. I was very clear that the Lord was challenging us and exhorting us that our lives... Um, were meant to impact or to influence those of you in leadership. Obviously, that's a word we like to use in leadership because leadership is influence. So many of us have been called in one way or the other to lead. Um, when we look at Jesus, we are told there that God, he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. And we talked about this morning about the importance of anointing. What's the anointing in the Holy Spirit? And why that is important. And uh, I was sharing with the church this morning that the prophetic picture I saw um, early on uh, as we were praying this, um, earlier in the morning was a calling to just come and drink some more. Hallelujah. How many of you feel you need some more? Just drink more of the Spirit. How many have come tonight just wanting more? I just want more. I just want more. Uh, it was good this morning after, when, when we were praying for people after the service. Uh, one wonderful lady just came and said, look, I just want to drink more. 
the person you describe that just feeling tired and weary out of the just stuff happening in life. I just I just need to drink. And as we prayed, whoosh, the spirit just came upon her. You know, uh, I used to think sometimes we are forcing God to fill us. Like, oh, please, please fill me. Actually, the spirit wants to fill us more than we are willing to be filled. Hello? So if anyone is thirsty, let him come and drink. John, uh, that's John chapter 7. Jesus cried and appealed to the people, come and drink. So I appeal to you uh, as we are here, just, um, just be thirsty for the spirit. I'm, I want more. I want more of the Spirit. So we looked at the anointing as the basis of any kind of positive influence in our lives and in the lives of our families and church and wherever God has put us. The Holy Spirit has been given according to Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He was given so that we may have power to be witnesses for him. You shall receive power. Now, you notice in that verse it says how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. I like that emphasis on the two. Because with the coming of the Holy Spirit, there is impartation of power. I just happen to believe that we need to be hungry for more of the manifestation of the power of God in our churches. And many of you seek, would wish for more power in this church. There's power already, but we want more. Uh, the Apostle Paul was very clear. He was a man of the word because he was so full of the spirit, so full of the word that he preached the word. And he, some of the books he's written, look at the book of Romans. There's been more PhDs done from that book you know, and, and Paul was just speaking it out. He wasn't even reading so much. Just, it was all revelation given to him. He was a man of the word. Like somebody said, if Paul was here today, he probably would be a triple PhD guy or something. Um, so he was very educated, grounded in the word. But this is what he says to the Corinthians. He says, I did not come to you in word only, but I came in the demonstration of the power of God. He says to the Thessalonian church that so that your faith does not rest on the wisdom of man, but your faith will be resting in the nature and the power of God. Amen. We need more power. I need more to see more demonstration of the power of God in my life. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with Power. How many wants more power in your life? How many people want more power? <laughs> All right. I want more power. I want more power. Not just to show off. You know, in Africa, we like showing off. People fall. That's powerful. You know, we do all kinds of weird things. But power wasn't given. The Holy Spirit wasn't given just to show off. No. It was given so that we may be witnesses of the resurrected Christ. That people may see that Jesus did not just live and die, but he rose again and is alive today. So we pray, Father, let there be power in this place. Manifest your power and your wisdom.
So we talked about power, and the next thing we said, he went about doing good. So I won't preach that. Uh, we had some wonderful lunchtime conversation about what people thought what we were discussing this morning. And uh, just this one thing, that, you know, when the Holy Spirit manifests in our lives, we become carriers of good. Amen. Uh, and God is a good God. And people are looking to see God who is good. Uh, in a moment, I began to see that Genesis chapter 1 is resting on this thing. The entire creation, after God had made it, Genesis chapter 1, what did he say? He said he looked at it, and God declared that, wow, it is good. The whole world began resting on that one word. God wanted everything he did to be absolutely good. Well, it's like, it's like most of us, I mean, in, in the UK, you do your houses very, really nice. I mean, I, as I travel around England, I've been into some amazing homes. Uh, clean, tidy, nicely decorated, color-coordinated. You just go like, wow. How do they manage to live in a place so spotless? <laughs> I wish I could be like that. It's just really good. Really nice. It's not a bad thing. I think if God walked in there, he would say, wow, this is good. <laughs> that's what he said about creation. I, I love good things. And that's one of the things we, we decided to do when we built this school, that it should be a good school. Because I said, but what's the point of building another bad school? We have many bad schools in Zambia. Why add to the list? Let's build, <laughs> let's build a good school. So uh, with the money we have, so we'll get the best school we can get from the money we have. And uh, um, the district commissioner visited to come and open our school. And he said, wow, you guys have built a good school. Uh, that's good. You know what? Goodness is part of who we are. We serve a good God. And wherever you work, wherever you interact with, I pray this one thing about, about everything they see about you, they'll see the goodness of God coming out of your life in everything we do. At the end of the day, some people may not know why you do what you do, but one thing they should be able to see without argument that you are a good person. You love people. You, you enjoy being with people and you enjoy doing good to people. Jesus went about doing good. Somebody reminded me at lunch. He said, you know, it's not just uh, uh, thinking about good or talking about good. No, he was doing good. So good is a doing word. It's stuff that we get involved with. Anyway, I did preach about that this morning. I'm just summarizing it for the sake of those. Oh, not that. So sorry for boring the ones who heard it. You are hearing for the second time. Maybe God is emphasizing something to you. <laughs> Thirdly, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed. So let me spend a few moments on that because we're going to uh, be trying to put that into effect. Jesus was anointed, went about doing good, but Jesus was anointed and went about healing all who were oppressed. Please underline, if you may, that small word, oh. And it's always challenging 
Because you see, when we read that, and part of the healings and the prayers for healing have kind of in some places gone down because we prayed for people and somehow certain things have not happened. So as a result, as good Christians, we just kind of tone it down a little bit. Let's just do other things and just uh, relax. This trusting God for something to happen can become, in some cases, a little bit embarrassing. Let's just let's forget it, okay? Let's just move on and be nice. But you know what? He healed all who were oppressed. He heals. He still heals. It's for this reason that the Son of Man was manifested that he may destroy the works of the devil. Jesus loved healing people. But I want just to draw your attention to something in that verse. He says, he healed all who were oppressed of the devil. That's what it says in the KJV. Um, in the NIV, it says he healed all who were under the power of the devil. Same thing, oppressed of the devil, under the power of the devil. So uh, the healing in that sense, I think there's that connect. Somehow you notice that there's the stuff that seems to be connected to the activity of the enemy. And the healing, therefore, was connected to the release from oppression. He calls it oppression. Now, not every, I need to mention that, not every uh, sickness is a manifestation of a demon. Um, we all know that, don't we? However, there are certain oppressions that are certainly connected to the activity of the enemy. So it's a spiritual warfare situation. Uh, and uh, a wonderful sister in this church reminded me as I came back to Crowley this time. He said, now, Joseph, last time you were joking that all the demons have gone to Africa. I want to make it very clear to you, it is not true. I said, <laughs> I said amen. <laughs> That's a nice welcome. <laughs> yeah, I use that kind of like a joke, but also to remind people, because we get to a place sometimes where we become close to the activities of the enemy. And um, this is what I say about this. And this is an area that we thank God um, the Lord uh, drew us into. And Lily is always uh, uh, every Thursday and whenever we have the opportunity praying for people to be released from any oppression of the enemy. So to me, it doesn't matter whether it's a demon, whether it's a, an influence of something or whatever. Whatever it is, if it's not from God, it should just go. Whatever label they put on it, if it's not from God, it just goes. Amen. That would do for me. That would do. Uh, we could put labels. We could go into details. We can do demonology. Da, 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 da. To be honest, I'm not even interested in demons. Well, why should I? They're not my friends. But the, the oppression of the enemy, and because, you see, among us church, when you talk about the oppression of the enemy, they're all talking about demons. You, can, can a Christian have demons? Can all these lovely questions we ask, and they're legitimate. But, but to me, that's not the point. I mean, it's good to debate, and sometimes you come to other conclusion, which then puts you off, and then the enemy uses that to close you from the reality of what's going on in the real world. So for me, I look in the Bible and I see 
a verse like this, which is talking about oppression leading to all kinds of conditions that Jesus needed to heal. He said he healed them because they were under the oppression of the devil. So the theology is great, but here is what I said to most people, that you know, people who are under the oppression of the enemy, they know. And when they come to churches, sometimes all they are seeking for is to be freed. Jesus healed them. I just want to be free. Now, some people know when there is, uh, uh, if you like, a satanic oppression going on. Uh, and they just know something is not quite right. They may not have the right terminology to describe it, but they know something is not quite right. Even non-Christians, they would just know that there's something that's not right that needs to be broken. I don't know what it is. The manifestations may be different, but the source is the same. Now, let me remind you, uh, for those of you who are theological, the word oppressed uh, comes from the word, the Greek word, kataponeo, which means to wear down. Yeah? So, if you reread that, he said Jesus came to heal those who are worn down by the enemy, oppressed by the enemy. Overpower is another word, oppressed, pushed down. So we may be oppressed by all kinds of things which results in certain conditions. That could be sickness. And as we travel around the UK praying for people, um, there are certain types of depressions that are a clear uh, oppression from the enemy. In fact, you know, Steve did mention to you the different places, countries we're working in. Uh, and, you know, you go into a certain place and sometimes it's what you call dominant spiritual forces. And one of the things we've been increasingly seeing every time we come and praying with people in the UK is that oppressions of the mind is one favorite area of the enemy, especially in the UK, just oppression of the mind. Now, you heard what I said, right? This is a safe area, so I need to be very careful. This is the UK, not Africa. I didn't say every mental situation is a demon. Did I say that? No. But I said uh, there are certain conditions, certain situations, and in fact, increasingly so in the UK, where there's a lot of uh, mental oppression manifesting it themselves in all kinds of things, including uh, what I call demonically inspired depression. Only last week in Sheffield, I think we were praying for somebody who happened to be an elder, an elder's wife in one of our churches. Wonderful, wonderful lady. Um, she's been going through all kinds of things, um, including hearing voices, including she's literally never not slept for, she had not slept for nearly three months can imagine what uh, mental anguish she was going through. And um, so the elders of the church who were there for another meeting, I was actually pulled out a meeting where we discussed all leadership things, you know, these boring things we do as elders. Uh, said, look, there is, there is, uh, I think we need to pray for this sister. So <laughs> I spent the whole afternoon up there with the other elders in her church. And what came out 
obviously the basic thing was all the suppression in our mind that had been going on resulting in, uh, in a very deep depression. But later on, as we talked, we discovered that her grandmother had gone through exactly the same thing, very similar. Uh, what was very interesting, now I almost forgot, Kaz, that this is UK. I thought, this sounds like Africa. So I began to enjoy it. Okay, it wasn't nice, but because what happened was these connect, you know. Then as we started praying for her, uh, I'm glad there was another woman in the room who knew her from when she was young. So we were praying, and then this thing, let's just call it a thing, whatever it was, said through her, she called out a name and said, I am not that. Then she, I said, what name is that? Then this lady said, she whispered to me, said, that's her grandmother's name. Where did that come from? So we woke her up. Again, woke her up from, obviously she was somewhere. And that's what happens sometimes when the enemy oppresses people. It's just like you're just not aware fully what's going on. And stuff is happening. So when we talked to her, she said, yes, it's been this. This has been my middle name. Um, and, and somehow, uh, there seems to be something every time it manifests. How does a name manifest? Oh, very complicated things. Just like in Africa. So we prayed. And the Lord began to release her and release her and release her. Now, I need to be very careful on that. A lot of people who have got things that may be related generationally, it becomes a very difficult thing even in Africa, more so in the UK, because we do what we call renouncing. Now, when you're renouncing something, you know, it's, if it's in the family, it sounds like you're renouncing your family. So I said to people, no, that's why, you see, you, 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 we're not renouncing grandma. How do you do that? That's terrible. I wouldn't like to do that. I am dealing with anything that could have been associated or following my grandma that really is not from God. My grandma is my grandma. There's be no change. Is that okay for me to say that? I love her. I love family. So when we say generational, it doesn't mean everybody before me was evil or something. No. They are wonderful people. In fact, they're my family. Never change that. We will never ask you to renounce your family. That's a sign of a cult, isn't it? Family is family is family. But the stuff that runs in the family that we just need to say, no. This is not really family. This is stuff that my family has been battling with. Is that helpful for me to say that? So we prayed and I... And the moment she renounced those things to say no, she just, there was such a manifestation. But it's just great because when you declare Jesus is Lord, things just break. Amen. Yeah. Was that helpful for me to mention that? So we pray. There's, there's all kinds of oppressions that need to be broken. Jesus healed all who were oppressed of the enemy. Um, so, because I don't have much time, let me just affirm that and finish with this little point. Number one, if you're here and there's some oppression, number one, you know it. You don't need somebody to convince you. 
if there's some oppression, you just know that it's there. You just know something needs to be broken. And saying that to yourself, this needs to be broken, is actually the beginning of victory. Just that point. Just that point. Because some people, they just battle on that one. It's just, no, maybe. This is normal. This is, this is, this is. But the very fact that you are fighting, with this is normal, normal. That is not normal. Because normal is just normal. We don't fight about it. So when oppression is there, um, then um, we can identify it and then let the Lord release us from it. So Jesus was anointed. He is still anointed to set people free. Hallelujah. You know, you don't have to work for it. We don't have to do gimmicks. No, it's already done. Jesus paid for it all. Comes in the packet. It's part of the gift given to you. It's free. It's part of your salvation. We don't start another process of deliverance as if it's, 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 it's something extra we have to work for. No, that's a lie from the enemy. Jesus paid it all. Colossians 2, 15, he made a public spectacle of them, of it all, of the enemy, ashaming them in the cross. He nailed it all to the cross and bought our victory. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. Yeah, some of you are beginning to look so serious now. When you talk about these things, people become so serious. It's all right. Jesus is the winner man, as we say. He is the victor. Hallelujah. Now, let me finish with this. Um, how do you identify when something is actually an oppression of the enemy, not just something natural? Now, that's a huge question. You know? Um, I've got friends who are medical doctors, friends who are psychiatrists, friends who are psychologists, uh, and Christians. And there's been this big debate. How do you know? It's a very big question. How do I know? You know, how do I distinguish a, a spiritual oppression from just a natural occurrence? They're just sicknesses they're, that are normal. They are, and they're also sicknesses inspired by some oppressions from the enemy. How do I know? Um... So let me give you a few, uh, just a few thoughts very quickly. In Acts 16, you notice there is this, an incidence of Paul and this wonderful lady, wonderful girl who was following him around and um, mentioning some wonderful things. She was actually announcing him. Here is Paul. They are the servants of the Lord. And she did that for a few days. But if you read that passage of scripture, you notice that after a few days, it says this, but Paul, being grieved, turned to the girl and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus, come out of her. Just imagine this for a moment. This is drama. Because this, this lady, is what she's saying is good. She's announcing them. And then after some time, Paul becomes, he says, being angry. That's one of the things, you know, about um, demonic oppression. Once God gives you that kind of concern for people who are oppressed, and some of you, that's your ministry, you just become angry at what the enemy is doing in destroying people's lives. So he commanded. So how did he know? It's a classical word we use. He discerned. Somebody said discern. So 
he 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 discerned. He he knew. Oh, let's use today's language, eh, Jude? He read in the spirit. <laughs> he read. He just he just knew this is it. This is not the spirit from God. So there is something called the discernment of spirit. You notice that's listed among the spiritual gifts in First Corinthians chapter twelve. Uh, it says we have been given to some. It's given the discernment of spirit. It's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit in discernment. So, um, so, and then he confronted it. So, here's the point. The discernment leads to victory. Discernment is not just for you to know. So, I know. I know. I know something they don't know in this church. No. Discernment is a precursor to victory. The discernment is given so that we confront and resolve the situation. Hallelujah. So discernment is part of the warfare we know. I could have told you about Elisha and the hiding Amorites and Philistines army were hiding and, and Elisha would tell the king where they are. And the king of the Philistines was so disturbed and said, how, do, how is he knowing? Then they said, no, it's Elisha. He's telling the king. Hello? Uh, and uh, Elisha, and then the entire army started going for Elisha. That's how much the devil hates this gift. He doesn't want us to move in discernment. Discernment is not guesswork. Beloved, we can't guess these things. Uh, I, uh, we've seen people damaged because there was some believer guessing. That maybe this is like, we can't guess. And we can't choose natural our natural mind to see, you know, just, mm, how do you think? Mm, look at her. What do you think? Mm, she's walking. That's a bit funny, isn't it? No, that's dangerous talk because we can't discern things that are in the spirit, physically or naturally. Is that all right? So that's why the gift of discernment was given. And we need to pray. We'll be praying tonight that the Lord will give us the discernment as well. Uh, those of you who feel um, this is the area of your calling, uh, Paul says, pray that you may discern. Discernment of spirits is discerning uh, the work of the enemy so that we may enforce the victory of Jesus in that area or in the, in the lives of people. The manifestation of discernment of spirit is interwoven with the manifestation of other gifts of the spirit. So sometimes when the manifest discernment is given, other gifts come into play as well. Like for example, gifts of knowledge, gifts of uh, wisdom. So they, we work, they work in operation with other things. So I'm not teaching generally on spiritual gifts, but I just need to mention that they work together in tandem. So tonight, we'll be praying for some of you. All we need is, maybe you may have a situation in your family or in your life, in your something, and you've been wanting to know. All we're asking is, Lord, help us discern. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm looking at time and I'm running. Uh, and Steve says, calm down. Thank you, Steve. That's why you're my friend. Uh, but yeah, time is gone. But I just feel, even as I say this, that um, there may be people in this room who have actually been going through stuff. I feel there are. And part of the reason why you've been going through stuff is that 
it's part of your journey to be someone that God do use to see other people set free. Did I say that correctly? Part of the reason why you've been going through what you're going through because you will be a tool that God will use to see other people set free. The most powerful testimony in any situation is from a person who's gone through stuff, through the thing, and then they've come out on the other side. They're talking out of experience, and that builds compassion. It's not just a gimmick. People have been delivered, if I use that word, powerfully. They do the ministry with such compassion, with such empathy, because they understand that this is not just some little game we're playing. Somebody's life is at stake here. And so as Jesus moved with compassion and people were saved, you move with a level of compassion that reaches out to where people are in the spirit. And so for some of you, it may be just, this is maybe a, an area of, of, of Christian life that's not very popular and people don't want to talk about it. But you know in your heart, this is something that needs to be dealt with. And do you know, there are a lot of people who come into our churches hoping that somebody will just see. It's just somebody in this church will see. Maybe they hate somebody. Say, Jesus sets people free. So they walk into church hoping, I want to be set free. And Jesus came, but he's looking for somebody he can use to be a vehicle for that. May you be the one that the Lord will use. Just close your eyes for a moment. We've run out of time. Jesus, you came to set the captives free. Thank you, Lord, that you anointed. You were anointed and you went about healing all who were oppressed of the enemy. And tonight, Father, we pray that the same anointing that was upon Christ will be released in such power upon us. Yes, that there shall be impartation of the gifts of discernment. Uh, even here at Crawley Community Church, that there will be uh, s such a manifestation of your grace in this area to see people released in our communities, in our families, as a demonstration of your mercy and love to them. So Holy Spirit, come. And open the ears of our understanding that we may understand what the Spirit is doing in our world. Lord, we cry for Crowley. We cry for the UK. We cry for our communities and families. Wherever there is oppression, Father, we pray in your mercy, bring release and empower your church to take your anointing into a situation where it's needed. Thank you for this moment. Just worship God for a moment where you are. I want more of the Spirit. Just begin to ask Lord, the Lord to fill you. Let's raise our hands to the Lord in, like, in a manner of receiving. And just, let him just uh, fill us again.